My name is David Spill, and this is the podcast where we talk about practical leadership, team building, theology, and how to create winning habits. I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. Thanks so much for joining us today. I'd love to hear from you. Just leave your question or your comment in the comments section for today's episode, and that's at davidspell.com. And also, don't forget to stick around until the very end of the show for this week's Productivity Tip of the Week. Now, the title of this week's episode is Using Your Commute to Be More Productive. Did you know that the average commute time for the U.S. is over 25 minutes? And that's just one way. Of course you knew that because you have to make that drive to work every day. Now, if the average is over 25 minutes, obviously there are going to be some people that have to drive a whole lot farther than that and then the lucky few that don't have to drive as far. And while 25 minutes really does not like, doesn't sound like that much of a drive, and it's really not, it still adds up to over 250 minutes a week that you're driving to work or home from work. And that's a lot of time. How are you using those 250 minutes? Here are some suggestions to make your commute more productive. Number one, listen to audiobooks. Everybody knows they should read some good books throughout the year. In fact, that's something most people put on their their New Year's Year's resolutions is to, to read some good books. But later on, if you were to ask that person how they're doing with that, they would say, I just don't have time. I've got too many other things pulling at me. But we've got 250 minutes that we're spending in our cars every week. Use your commute time to work through some good books. Libraries have audiobooks that you can check out on CD. Just slide them into your CD player and listen to the book. Or you can go to Amazon and just buy the audiobook and download it to your, your smartphone. There's so many different ways to do it, but audiobooks are a great way to brighten your commute. You know, the car is also a great place to catch up on your Bible reading. Sometimes those of us that are Christians might feel a little guilty because we don't know our Bible as well as we should or we don't spend the time reading it that we know we should. But why not use that time in the car? Use that time in the car. If you download a great app like the, the U version, it's got an audio version of the Bible on it as well. So you can listen to the Bible while you're driving. So you can feed your spirit while you drive. So there's never any excuse to to not stay caught up on our Bible reading. Number two, listen to podcasts. You know, podcasting has become such a big, big deal over the last few years. In fact, there was a study recently done that showed that between 15 and 20% of Americans had listened to a podcast in the last month. That's an astounding number. I mean, you know, you're listening to one right now. You know, there are podcasts about everything that you can imagine, and they're a great way to expand your knowledge base about something that interests you. Are you thinking about starting a business? There's probably a podcast about the specific business that you're wanting to start. You want to learn a new hobby? There's probably multiple podcasts about the hobby that you want to learn. You know, there are even college courses that can be downloaded for free through iTunes University. Why not use that time in your car to learn something new? Number three, make those phone calls. Now, of course, we have to be safe, and I recommend using a hands-free setup. 
But the commute is a perfect time to make those phone calls that you've been putting off. You're in your car. You don't have anything else to do. Make those phone calls and get them out of the way. That time in the car is also a great time to check your voicemail and decide if you want to actually call them back or not. So use that time to deal with your phone calls. Number four, make a to-do list for the next day. You know, most smartphones have a recorder on them, and you can dictate what you need to do for the day as you're driving into the office onto your smartphone. Or if you're going home, you can dictate that list for the next day. But either way, you're getting a list, you're getting your to-do list ready so that when you get to the office, all you have to do is listen to it, and you'll know exactly what you need to do. So we've mentioned listening to audiobooks. We've mentioned listening to podcasts. That was number two. Number three is make those phone calls. Number four is make your list for the next day. Number five, have a few minutes of silence. You know, we live in a very loud society. There's always a radio blaring. There's always music. There's always people talking and phones. and There's just so much noise. And it's good to have some silent time to process our thoughts, to think through that problem that you've been dealing with at work, to use that that time of silence to process those things that you're struggling with. This is especially good for the trip home, having some silence, because you can use those last few minutes to, to quietly prepare yourself to meet your family. You know, no matter what kind of day you've had, your family deserves you at your best. And having a few minutes of silence to put aside that problem from work, to put the problem of work aside, the, the, the problem that you might be having with a fellow employee or anything else that might be weighing you down, use that last part of your commute to shift your attitude so that you can give your family the love and attention that they need. Now it's your turn. You know, we've mentioned listening to books. We've mentioned listening to podcasts, making those phone calls, making your list for the next day, having a few minutes of silence. What else? What did I miss? Can you think of any other productive ways to use your commute? I'd love to hear from you. Just go to davidspell.com and leave your question or comment in the comment section for today's post. And while you're there, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter. I publish three blog posts a week, and subscribing will ensure that you don't miss a single issue. Subscribing will also allow you to receive my subscribers-only newsletter that I send out once a month. If you're like so many people that I know, you're always looking for an edge to help you be more effective in your business, your leadership, your family, and your life. My book, Leading into the 21st Century and Beyond, is packed with helpful leadership, productivity, and motivational insights. Check it out. I know you're going to love it. Leading into the 21st Century and Beyond is available through the Kindle store at Amazon, but if you order from my resource page, You'll get the revised and updated version with 10 brand new chapters. And I'll post links for both versions in the show notes. Well, now it's time for our productivity tip of the week. Do you ever feel that your work life is a series of terrible and pointless meetings? I talk to people all the time who tell me, my job would be great if it wasn't for all those useless meetings that I have to go and sit through. Now, I realize that this week's tip will not apply for everybody. It just won't work for everybody. But the tip is this. Whenever possible, 
send someone else to that meeting for you. In other words, let somebody take your place at that meeting. Now again, you won't always be able to do that, but when you can, allow a subordinate or even a peer to go to that meeting for you if you can convince them to do that. Um, This works better the higher you go in an organization. I found that when I was a sergeant and then a lieutenant with a police department, I was able to send people in my place to some meetings. Now, I couldn't do this for every meeting, but I was able to do it enough to give myself a little bit of breathing room. And what I found was sending someone else to represent me is important for three reasons. It tells the person that I'm sending that I believe in them and I trust them to go and represent me. Number two, it gives that person a bigger view of the organization and will prepare them to move up later themselves. And then number three is it frees me up to do more important things. So when possible, that's this week's productivity tip of the week, is send someone else to that meeting in your place. Now as we close, can I ask for a small favor? Would you take just a moment and go to iTunes and give Leading and Learning a review? Good reviews help push me up in the ratings and we can get our content to more people. Thanks so much for that. I really appreciate it. So until next time, this is David Spell encouraging you to pursue your passion.